We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Butting Heads Podcast. I'm Steve Ribeiro here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it is the first official week of the 2024 Rams offseason, sadly. How, how are you doing? You know, I, I know some fans that took this uh, loss really, really hard. Yeah, you're talking and to one of them. Yeah. And honestly, I looked at it like how I've been looking at it from the moment I thought that making the playoffs was even a possibility. You know, at least we made it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tough, man. It has been this one has been especially tough for me to swallow because like my head is telling me everything you're saying. Like on the preview pod last week, I was like, it's just incredible that we're here previewing a 2024 Rams playoff game. And they're, it's crazy that they're here. They are so far ahead of schedule. It was a, a, an incredible run and an incredible season. But my heart is telling me that this team went 0-3 in the red zone. They left, what, 12, 12 points on the board? And yeah. they lost by one in a game where, if you look at the team stats outside of red zone success rate, it looks like the Rams should have won this game, and they would have played the fucking Bucks in the second round. And now we're sitting here about to watch Jared Goff play Baker Mayfield in a playoff game. It is sad. It is sad. It also attributes to just how freaking worthless the NFC conference is. Like, I don't know. I 
that's basically what I gathered out of seeing these uh, teams, you know, going head to head. It, it was, it's baffling that, you know, the Cowboys and the Eagles are out of the playoffs. Just you know? a co- complete collapse by, by both of those teams. It's unfathomable. We, we were the only single digit game in, in wild card weekend. And when you put that into perspective also, there was a very real possibility that the Rams could have knocked out the Lions as well. It it shows a testament of how unstable this conference really is. And I think whoever ends up making it to the Super Bowl may just get crushed by the AFC. Yeah. Like, yeah, I... I do not believe in the Lions, Bucks, or Packers against the Ravens or Bills. Nope. And I don't really believe in the 49ers against them either. Nope. I mean, we've seen what happened when they played against the Ravens. They got crushed. Yeah, it's it's going to be hilarious if the 49ers don't come out of the NFC. I'm, like, like a lot of people I've seen on Twitter, I am now rooting against the lions uh i just i'm i'm salty as fuck i'm i'm not ashamed to admit it uh i'm not i'm not above pettiness this is this is who i am today i'm i'm annoyed i'm actually the opposite i'm like team golf right now i i would love to see golf actually win a super bowl ring yeah i'm very happy for him uh you know deep down but i'm not gonna admit that i'm not gonna it's like that episode of the office where Michael says Pam is like the sweetest person he's ever met, but he never say it to her face. Like I, <laughs> I, I can't do it, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't believe how mad I am about this. If you told me like a month ago how the rest of the season would play out, I probably would have been like, I'm okay with that. And now I'm just fucking furious. <laughs> you, you think that Sean Payton just started coaching the Lions or something? You know, or or Deshaun Watson t- took over at quarterback. You know, I'm I'm not, I listen. I want the winner of the Lions Bucks game to come out of the NFC, and I want the winner of that game to be the Bucks because I like Goff. I fucking love Baker Mayfield, man. I couldn't be happier for him. I, I don't have any. I don't have any ill regards to him either. I wouldn't mind if the Bucks win. Um, but, I mean, it gives something for Detroit to, to be happy about. I mean, they, they've been in such a awful city for so long. Uh, I, I think really the last really good team that came out of Detroit was the Pistons back in, you know, the early 2000s. The Red Wings are, are good, right? I don't follow uh, hockey. I, I don't either, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have to resort to hockey, is that making the point as it is? The, the Wow. The the hockey fans listening to this podcast, Johnny, are, are fuming at what you are saying. I, I'm just being honest. I mean... <laughs> I mean, what else? I mean, there's the Detroit Tigers who, you know, look decent year in and year out, at least most of the time anyway. Uh, And, you know, they get to the playoffs and they choke. Uh, 
They're basically the Cowboys of, of baseball. It, yeah, it's the Red Wings have a, I just looked them up. They were really good. They won the Stanley Cup in 09 or in 08, lost the Stanley Cup Finals in 09. Um, then had a couple of okay seasons and have been really bad for a decade. So like, yeah, I, I I'm happy for the city of De- Detroit. I mean, the the Lions are literally the least successful franchise in professional sports. Like, they have it, it. it's really not a debate. They went 12 and five this year. It was their franchise record for wins. Oof. <laughs> like, See, it, how can you not want to root for them now? I I'm happy for them. I'm just mad because we should have won that game man you're a bitter rams fan and i get it i i was pretty sad myself but (sighs) at least we have a foundation that's what that's all i'm gonna say yeah moral victory as much as i despise it it is not that game was not a moral victory stop i'm taking it as a moral victory (laughs) the season as a whole maybe Um, okay the season as a whole it wasn't a moral victory it was a, a straight up success but when you storm into the playoffs like we did to lose and it was just it was right there it was right there man and it's like uh i was on the post game show with derek on sunday uh if you didn't listen to that go check it out so we're not gonna go too deep into this loss i say that now we're at the (laughs) nine minute mark of the podcast we'll see when we stop talking about it (laughs) but just like god man there was just a few things that we have been doing all year that are so fixable that ended up costing us the game. Just like everybody has been screaming from the rooftops. They need to run the ball more at the goal line in the red zone. And like Oh, for three in the red zone, Brett Maher's longest kick in this game was 29 yards, man. And he kicked three field goals. Like you, you can't do that. And that's, it's fixable, but like, it's not a problem we should have been having. You know, that's those are acceptable excuses in like year one of McVeigh. We're in year seven, man. Uh, he's got to be better at that, and he knows he knows better. You know, the funny thing is, I was gonna set myself up for a pun and saying that it's not like we were Kevin Dyson short, but we kind of were. <laughs> we kind of were. <laughs> So I can't even use that pun because had we just crossed the end zone once, we win the game. Yeah. Out of the three times we missed anyway. Right, man. Like one time we get one of those. One of three. Yeah. And it was never, you know, none of those series. I was like, this is great. You know, good play calls that just didn't execute. Like the, the first one was atrocious. Uh, and then I know he lost Kyron Williams. So, but even just like a halftime, man, like what if future you showed up at halftime? We we're down 21 to seven. It was like the lions are only going to score three points in this half. You would think it'd be a fucking lock. And we only yeah. scored six, man. It's just, it was so close and they're a better team than us today. You know, like on paper, they are a better squad, but we we played just as good, if not better, in that game, and it just stings. It's It stings way, way more than I anticipated. It, it did. And I, I'm not going to sit here and lie and saying I 
you know, wasn't a little bit sad about the game because, of course, I wanted to see the Rams advance, especially since, like you said, the the opportunity to face the Bucks next would have been awesome. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think the Rams are in the right situation at the moment to advance beyond where they were. Um, but uh, I do look at it as future. And uh, that that's the only way to look at it at the moment. And holy crap, reading some of the stuff on Twitter, uh, so, some of y'all, need, you need to relax, take a chill pill, because holy crap, it sounded like somebody like just slapped your mothers or something. Like, seriously, like, some people took this loss, like, very, very personally. And it's like, whoa, relax, man, relax. You know, next year is a thing, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I'm good on blaming the refs. I said that Sunday night. I say it even uh, more. Yeah, that, the, the Puka no-call, man, it was a bad call. But, like, and if you see Puka's quote, he he took full blame for it. Uh, I mean, this guy is just the best. He said on on the play, he said, urged how he felt. He said, not disappointing in my team and my teammates, just disappointing in myself. Put myself in the opportunity to make plays, and we didn't come down with the play in the opportunity that I had. Just stings. Putting a lot of work to get where we are. A lot of guys have sacrificed things, and just coming up short doesn't feel good. He's the he's the best man, and it's like, dude, do you realize what you did in that game? <laughs> in a game like, where he had the most receiving yards by a rookie ever, like that's the quote. Like, just, you could make the argument that he was the offense. Slap the C on as well. Don't disrespect you too out well, buddy. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that flip, man, that flip. What the the snap counts have got to be out um, because I. I, I'm dying to know how many snaps Tutu played in this game. I'm going to pull this up while we're talking. Uh, but, like, yeah, man, the there were bad calls for the Lions. Did we get the worst end of it? Sure. Nothing in this game was, like, historically bad. And we have been on the other side of historically bad referee yeah. performances. This isn't even close. Uh, there's there were there's like eight or there's a, there's a small handful of plays you could point to and say if this goes our way we probably win the game the puka no call is one of them but there's plenty of other things you could point to that were not the ref's fault that if that play or that play or that play goes our way we're winning the game i mean all you have to do and, and this is what i told you know, the people that were crying about the refs, all you have to do is look at the 0 for 3 in the red zone. That that can't happen, you know? And, and again, just one of those three wins the game. Yeah. You know, that eliminates anything the refs did. Yeah. So I can't look beyond that. Of course, I, I, I was a little pissed off at the time when I when I saw the, the no call on Puka. Of course I was crying for a flag, but at the same time, it's like, were they the real reason why the Rams lost? No, no, they weren't. Not even by a wide margin. You know, they they didn't help, I suppose, but, like, it, it, I can't blame the refs. No, not in this situation. I really can't. No. No, man, 
and and I don't know. I it's ridiculous. Is there again? I, I, I you guys can listen to my full thoughts on the post game. My my mentality hasn't changed much. Uh, Johnny, this is obviously your first time talking about it. Was there anything that you wanted to make sure we chat about here? I, I just wanted, you know, to give props to uh, Matthew Stafford because I feel like um, Steve and I talk about Matt, Matthew Stafford the entire season and how, you know, some of his decisions he made were not the best. Um, and, it, and it really affected, you know, some of the losses in this season. But you could argue, along with Puka, that he had a hell of a game. Like, this was one of the best games I've seen Matthew Stafford have. And he did it while, you know, with a kind of banged-up hand, throwing hand. Like, damn. I'm like, yeah. dude, dude can, can we beat up your hand a little bit more? And <laughs> maybe we'll get this performance week in and week out. No, nah, I, I won't say that. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that um, it has to be said because I feel like he was kind of an unsung hero in this game. And um, it needs to be said because I, I think if we have, again, one goal line one just one score out of the three red zone situations, we focus a lot on Matthew Stafford. But because we lost, it's kind of like ah, well, who, who, well, maybe not. Who cares? But uh, the the thrill is no longer there. Yeah, he Stafford was outstanding. Um, there, there's no no question about it, man. He he was unreal, uh, and he's a Pro Bowler. He, I don't think we've talked potted since that came out. He, I didn't think he was going to get in. He got in. Very happy for him. Uh, well deserved. And yeah, it's one of the biggest. You know, the, I would say there was a lot of hurdles the Rams need to overcome to put themselves in position to be a contender in 2024. Um, and I would say the one that carried the most weight was Stafford reminding everyone that he is that dude and making sure that he is still that dude and he is full stop Uh, i would run through a brick wall for that man he is he's just just remarkable man he's just a a complete fucking warrior i'm sure that was a really overwhelming environment to walk into for him and he he put the team on his back man he he played he played unbelievable he really did uh big kudos to him one of the toughest uh, players that I've ever seen, to be honest. Uh, I, I I had the snap count. Tutu Atwell played eight snaps in this game. Well, he made one of them count. I I just like I said this to Derek on Sunday. Just baffling how they're how they're rolling him out, given how much it seems like he has improved this season. The strides he made that we saw while Cooper Cup was out. And he just doesn't play anymore. And ultimately losing that third spot to Demarcus Robinson, just kind of amazing. Yeah, man. And, I, and I'm not even like Demarcus. How many? How how much of the snaps percentage wise do you think Demarcus Robinson played in in this game? I would say probably about forty percent. A hundred percent. Really. 
uh, unless this website is lying to me, it says Heyman Cooper Cup played 100% of the snaps. Puka played 84%. 2-2-14. Skoranek, 16. Wow. Yeah. I, did, I didn't expect that. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. That's fucking crazy. I... I love what Demarcus Robinson has given us this year. I uh, believe in him as a wide receiver three for us. I hope they keep him around, but like he should not be playing a hundred percent of the snaps. <laughs> well, you would think that that would be divvied up a little bit more with Tutu Atwell, but uh... right, yeah, I, I'd like to see them splitting those snaps. Yeah, I, I don't really understand that too much, but at the same time, kind of worked, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's there. The the goal line fades to Pukanakua killed, or sorry, to Cooper Cup killed me. Uh, just just destroyed my heart. I couldn't believe we did it twice. <laughs> I, you know, to be fair. If we looked at that last year, we wouldn't have batted an eye. But we, but we're in week nineteen, and we know that's not going to work. <laughs> like you know, that is not even close to your most successful red zone play. I I still like think that Cooper Cup never came back at full one hundred percent, because especially you know after the kind of hip injury that he sustained like uh, earlier or well uh, later on in the year. Um, it, it looked like it was still bothering him. I, I really hope that, uh, you know, during the off season he can, you know, work to get, you know, towards uh, getting completely healthy and hopefully we see, you know, the old Cooper cup back. Yeah. I, I, I agree that he never came back fully healthy. And I think a, you know, a, a a good thing for his recovery this offseason and his training is, like, we don't need him to carry the offense anymore. Uh, that pressure's been lifted. He doesn't even have to be the wide receiver one. Uh, if he can get back to 2021 form, you know, we're going to have the best offense in the league. But, like, we don't even need that. We need him to get back to, like, 2019 form. If... If he gets back to even the Cooper Cup before he became the the best receiver in the league, like that would be great. Uh, it's just I hope his burst isn't gone, and that's that's the biggest concern because there was clearly a a miss a missing level of explosiveness with him this year. Very much so. It was very noticeable and uh, was part of the reason why he was not as successful as he was. Uh, even remotely as successful as he was last year. Yep. Yep. Um, you you have anything else before we put this game to bed forever? Uh, not really. I, I think um, probably you Der- and Derek. Um, was Tommy on the show? Tommy was not. I'm. I'm. Ex- I can't wait to hear his thoughts. He's gonna. I, I know. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> He's myself. gonna go nuts. <laughs> um, I'm sure you guys said it all. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, more pressing topics like uh, 
off-season talk. Yeah, glad glad to hear you listen to the show, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm I recovered from a nasty flu that I had um, the past couple of days. So sounds, sounds like the perfect time to lay in bed with the lights off and listen to the podcast. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding, kind of. Uh, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get to some uh, other offseason topics. But first, I do want to talk to you and our listeners about our friends at Prize Picks. You know, now that the Rams are out of the playoffs, you're going to need some something to make next weekend less depressing. And what better way to do that than to have a chance to win some money with Prize Picks? Uh, it is a daily fantasy app. Very simple. You log in, you look at the spreads, and now it's not it's not gambling because you, you don't have to make wagers like that, and it's not it's it's not da- like full on like DraftKings daily fantasy because you're not playing against other players. Prize Picks is they're giving you basically over unders more or less st- whatever stat you're choosing, and you're just picking one or the other. You make a little middle group of four to six picks and if your picks hit you win money regardless of everyone else does it, it is just such a simple easy and exciting and fun way to make your matchups more exciting uh and have a little at stake as you're watching jared goff and baker mayfield play in the playoffs not for us <laughs> and best of all you know, if you want to get in the action, we have a deal for you. If you haven't taken advantage of this deal, man, now is the time. Go to prizepicks.com slash ramstalk or use our code ramstalk on the app when you're signing up. And you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. So you put in $100, you're getting 200 and you're going to be able to use that money. Uh, it's an investment opportunity, you know, because I know our listeners, y'all are going to win. So that's prizepicks.com slash ramstalk uh, and use the code ramstalk for a first deposit match up to $100. Let's throw it real quick to another sponsor, and we will get you back to the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so... Where would you like to start, Johnny? Uh, let's. I I guess the the biggest news here today is Tyler Higby tore his ACL. <laughs> Going to be a long recovery for him. Just brutal timing. It, it's just a huge bummer. 
Um, it was not a career year by any sense for him, but he's getting up there in age, and any injury like this as you're getting older is concerning. I'm sure he will come back to full health and be productive, but a bummer. He, he may not be ready for week one. I, I To be honest, I, I wonder if he's going to be uh, starting the season on the IR. It, I mean, there's a very real possibility he misses like half the season. You know, it's ACL is a major injury. And then, you know, of course, he has to get back into football shape. And hopefully, you know, he can bounce back from it. But the fact that it was such an unnecessary action was horrible. Um but it technically was a legal hit. Yeah, it's they. I mean, it, they they got to come up with something to incentivize players to not do that because the the guy who injured him also injured T.J. Hawkinson a couple weeks back. It's clearly he's trained to make that tackle, and there's nothing stopping him from doing so. So. No. Uh, it, it, it it's crazy, man. It, it's such a bummer. I, and looking at the Rams roster, there is one tight end on the roster that, assuming he doesn't get injured in the offseason, is going to be guaranteed to be healthy at the start of camp. And that's Davis Allen, our fifth-round rookie from this year. Bryson Hopkins is going to be a free agent. I really don't anticipate him being back no if, if i were him i would not stay here if i were the rams <laughs> i would not give him anything more than the minimum uh hunter long is like uh perennially injured and currently injured so i'm not baking on him being back for the start of camp i love davis allen but you know unfortunately this kind of makes tight end not the biggest priority but like you kind of have to make a somewhat of an investment here somewhere i think ideally you're able to get a, a vet on the cheap and there are some interesting guys out there you know maybe a gerald everett reunions in the cards uh no font mike Asiki were some guys who i feel like won't be that expensive that interests me personally but you know this before this injury I felt perfectly fine going into the season with Tyler Higby, Davis Allen, and whatever bodies you can muster up. But now, you know, if if they're not sit, like fully in on Davis Allen being able to be the guy, you, you might have to add somebody here. I, I do think that Davis Allen is is a guy that the Rams are prepared to invest in long term, but maybe not right away. I think. You know, uh, because if you recall, Tyler Higby didn't exactly, you know, get the the starting title until I think a couple years into his career as well. And I, I mean, I feel like that's normal, especially for, you know, kind of a later round tight end, you know, and Davis Allen, much like Tyler Higby, was not, you know, a first round pick or anything like that. So. I, I do imagine that Davis Allen's future is going to be, you know, more revolving around him. 
But for right now, I, I think it would be too soon to say that the Rams would be fully okay or fully committed to him being the starting tight end if you know Tyler Higby uh, is not ready week by week one, which I imagine he's not going to be. Uh, that being said, I'm totally on board um, with you, Steve, that I think that it would be worth the investment to bring in like a veteran tight end. You don't, you don't need, you know, a premier starting caliber tight end. Um, but, you know, maybe a, a journeyman veteran or any, anyone to that extent, like, uh, again, I, I'd be okay with Gerald Everett. Also, I think Jacecki might be a little bit much, um, but I, I would love to have Jacecki on the roster. Um, We'll see, but you're, you're right. This does kind of um, put something in the back of your mind at a position that you weren't really going to imagine too much about, uh, you know, entering the 2024 offseason. If anything, you were thinking, okay, maybe you add like a blocking tight end or anyone as an undrafted free agent or a late uh, day three draft pick or something. Now you got to think about that a lot more now. Yeah, and my gut tells me they they roll with Davis Allen. They invest in him as they should. He's he's been promising, and probably bring in like like an Austin Hooper or a Bob Tunyon or like one of those guys who can play football. I would love like Noah Font, but I think somebody's gonna overpay him. Yep, just because that potential's still there. I think. I don't know if Gerald Everett would want to come back here. If we could get him on like a $4 million contract, I'd, I'd be pretty thrilled about it. Um, because, you know, if he's on the field, you have to pay attention to him because cause he, he can still go. But, yeah, I think they bring in a, a beat-up veteran and maybe take another tight end later in the draft. But I think, uh, and a little later in the show, we're going to do wish lists of the things we want to happen the most this offseason. Um, and I don't think tight end is something I would ever put on that wish list. No, definitely uh, not. Let's talk a little bit about the coaching carousel here. Rahi Morris has four interviews this week. He's interviewing with the Panthers, the Commanders, the Chargers, and the Seahawks. I don't know if those are all actually this week, but he is apparently in contention for all four of those jobs. There's a lot of openings, and I think he's he's due for another shot. I no, never say never because uh, he's been overlooked a lot, and there's been coordinators who have been overlooked a lot, and he could be back next year. I'm not really counting on it. I, I would think it's uh, within the Rams' best interest to have a, a healthy list of uh, defensive coordinator options are available because yeah, he's as good as gone. Where are and you? He... Yeah, he deserves it. Where are you at on a Brandon Staley reunion? Honestly, I, I would be open to it. I know that there's a lot of people that are hesitant because of how things ended uh, with the Chargers. But I am a full believer that some coaches are destined to be coordinators and not head coaches. 
and we've seen it countless times. You know, uh, our hiring spree for a while was based on guys that should be coordinators and not head coaches. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I. 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 I definitely wouldn't be mad if we hired Staley, but I'm a little terrified by the thought just because that Chargers defense was so bad. It was. And, like, had no business being that bad. They had so much talent. And I know they had some injuries, but even when they were healthy, it was not very good. And I think, like, it, we need, if we're going to bring back Staley, because I think he's a guy who needs good like i don't think staley could have succeeded with our defense here the way raheem morris did uh the defense he had in 20 2020 right is when he left yes i believe so i'll double check that um but that defense was real fucking good man part of that's because of him obviously he did a great job but that team was stacked and I don't think he could have done what Raheem Morris because I don't – he's not – I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not in the locker room. Raheem Morris seems like a true players guy. All these players are out here vouching for him. Uh, and I'm sure they liked Staley too. But I think if we bring back Staley, I really hope we, we spend serious money to upgrade the defense because you do that and you get a, another star or two in the building – and I believe Staley can do it. But um, with the current unit, and again, the current unit is not going to be what we enter next season with. That scares me a little. But I, anyways, I really don't think Raheem Morris will be back. There's eight openings, I think. There's not eight more qualified candidates. No. And e- even if Harbaugh makes a jump, and even if Belichick stays in the mix somewhere else i still think he'll get a job yeah i i think you if you're if you're looking for a a good coaching candidate and you don't land one of those guys i think you're stupid if you don't look at raheem morris seriously and evidence i mean almost immediately once the season was over for a lot of these teams they were already eyeballing raheem morris it says a lot he was almost hired last year and surprised he wasn't. Uh, maybe he should have for some of those teams. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, he'd be a good fit for the Panthers, I think. I don't know if I'd wish that on him. But no, yes, he he'd have to bring in a real a real offensive coordinator to help him out. But um, I feel like they – I feel like that's the kind of coach they need. Like – not, not to, um, like he's not. I was gonna call him a rah rah guy, and he's a lot more than that. Like he's no disrespect to Dan Campbell. He's not Dan Campbell, um, but they need a players guy in there, I think. And he's a players guy in addition to being a really good defensive coordinator. I know a lot of people were hard on him for this game, but like, yo, the secondary sucks. Like the defense has no business being as good as they were. That we we I've talked about this the last couple of weeks, not to like not to beat a dead horse, but like the 
nobody broke out in the secondary, man. Like, if I, at some point, I'm sure we'll talk about our biggest disappointments of the year. Kobe Durant is right at the top of the list, man. That guy didn't do anything. Uh, And Darian Kendrick was terrible most of the time. Uh, And Akella Witherspoon was a nice surprise, but, like, he's your number one corner. Like, it was a, a bad secondary, and we... Talked a lot about how we want to trade Tomlinson to play, but, like, the fact that he didn't play means he's probably not great either. So, like, I I give Raheem a ton of credit for the work he did this year, man. A ton of credit. And, and you're not wrong, man. He, he did uh, overcome a lot. You know, he did a lot with very little. He lost so much this offseason. We, we could go on and on about all the players he lost and they weren't just, you know, minor role players. We're talking about guys that were legitimate badasses like a Jalen Ramsey, who would have been very nice to have Jalen Ramsey and, um, Leonard Floyd and, and Bobby Wagner. And they didn't replace them. No, nope. they didn't replace a single one of those guys. Truly. Like you can say Byron Young and a Cal Witherspoon replace those guys, but like not really. And no. nobody replaced Bobby Wagner. We played fucking Christian Roseboom for the entire season. Like, <laughs> and Troy Reader. And Troy Reader, dude. It's a miracle that this defense was as good as it was. And speaking of uh, a big loss for the Rams, the USC hired our defensive lineman coach, Eric Henderson, to be their co-defensive coordinator. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Henderson, he's been the defensive line coach for five years and the last three years has been the run game coordinator uh, and clearly did a incredible job at both of those um, this run defense this year was a lot better than anticipated you got to give him some credit for the Kobe Turner breakout and what he did with Greg Gaines and Sebastian Joseph Day in that group in the past uh, so big loss yeah unfortunate for sure uh and then to go to USC of all places. <laughs> now, I'm not mad about it. I am. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, it, I'm sure that won't be filled until we see what happens with Raheem Morris. Uh, and more than likely the next coach will fill that job. You know what pisses me off more than anything? What? USC took... UCLA's defensive coordinator, and now they're taking they're taking Anderson now. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, you guys are taking all my coaches. What the hell's wrong with you? Just another little USC over there in LA. Uh, or UCLA, I mean. I said that backwards. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is, what conference is UCLA in? Uh, well, now they're going to the big whatever they end up calling it because there's like 24 the teams now. <laughs> yeah. The Big Ten plus 10? Or the yeah. SEC? No, no, they're in big. Big Ten. Well, yeah, there's the Big 12, which is like six teams or whatever now too. So I, what a mess. Uh, Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I will Rams clinch the 19th pick. Thanks to our pal Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, uh, had they have lost, I think we would have finished ahead of them. But yeah, I wow, my brain just broke. I'm sorry. I think we can roll that into our next conversation. What I wanted to wrap the podcast in is uh, I wanted to, and we're not going to go super in depth on any of these. I wanted to throw together a 2024 off-season wish list uh, i have four items on my wish list johnny don't know how many you had um and i want to let our give out our list now and in august and then maybe again in like next january or next february realistically when we win the super bowl uh we'll look back on our list and we'll see how satisfied we are if our wishes were granted uh, yeah, I, I I agree. I have five, so. All right, you have five, so you go first, and we'll go one by one. I'll, I'll start off with one I think you'll love more than anything, and that's a special teams coordinator. A good one. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to fire our current coordinator. It, it, the the fact that you went from a terrible special teams unit to a the worst special teams unit after this guy you didn't improve you got more more of a joke on that side of the football so yeah a, a new special teams coordinator a competent one um <laughs> Nothing more to say than that. But also, at the same time, uh, you got to help him out, too. Because, to be fair, it, it seemed like the Rams put the special teams unit on the back burner as well. You know, I, I know that they did kind of invest in Ethan Evans. But, you know, they made the kicker an afterthought. You know, I know they couldn't pay Matt Gay. But that didn't mean that they had to only choose from undrafted free agent kickers and then whoever was a free agent kicker. And then also, can, can we at least put a little thought into the kick returner? I, I'm sick of seeing Austin Trammell just fair catch the ball. At that point, why, why even get a wide receiver out there? You know, throw out any guy. Out chill, there. chill, Johnny. We we have seen when they've thrown wide receivers out there. 
I, I'm just like my <laughs> father, you know, send anyone. Send the dresser win out there, you know? The the one positive about Chase Blackburn's tenure as special teams coordinator was that Cooper Cup didn't field any punts this year. I guess. Uh, my I have a similar item, obviously. Mine is just I kept it more vague. Fix the goddamn special teams. And yeah. because like you said, if they move on from Chase Blackburn, our special teams coordinator, completely understandable. Obviously, we've watched this team play. But like you mentioned, they didn't seriously, for lack of a better pun here, tackle this problem in the offseason. They let Matt Gay go, and I think they assumed because Matt Gay fell into their lap once that another Matt Gay would happen again. That was the outlier, man. You need to invest in a kicker. Uh, they let Brandon Powell walk for free, which he would have been helpful. And, yeah, they they, they quote-unquote invested in Ethan Evans. They used, like, the 250th pick on a punter. Uh, if we got caught, we wouldn't have batted an eye. So I, they need to fix it. And if getting rid of Chase Blackburn is the answer, so be it. I'm fine with that. But if you want to keep him around, let's actually invest in this unit and figure out how to fix the problem. And that's what I'm excited to come back to in August and see where we're at. Give me another one off your list. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give a, a pretty obvious one in getting an edge rusher. You know, I, I think that's a, one of the top wish lists because – for too long, we've seen Aaron Donald do it on his own. Now we're starting to get um, more of a complete defensive line by, you know, getting Kobe Turner. That was wonderful. You know, you could make an argument for Byron Young. But for the love of God, Mike Hawk, you know, he he uh, served the position well for a guy that they converted from defensive lineman to edge rusher. But edge rusher, he is not. You know, uh, I would much rather see him as a defensive lineman you know, again because I felt like he was more useful there. Uh, so, yes, edge rusher, please. Just saying, Leatu Latu is, uh, is a UCLA edge rusher that I'd love to have. Don't I, think he's going to fall to the Rams. I feel bad for Michael Hawk, man, because he – or Michael Hoyt. I, is it Hawk or is it Hoyt? I don't know. I, I, I say – I say Hawks, but I think uh, I think I'm wrong. I think it's Hoyt. Listeners, if you know the answer to this, please correct us. I <laughs> I feel bad for him, man, because he on it made honestly made genuine strides as a pass rusher this year. He did, but he can't tackle in the open field, and he nope. can't cover anybody because, like you said, he's a converted defensive lineman. Uh, I had a similar item. I said. Bring in a big upgrade at edge that can go out and cover with some dignity. Uh, they don't need to be a shutdown coverage man. No good pass rusher is going to be. But, like, get out there. Like, he, like Byron Young is, like, not a good pass in pass coverage. But he's, like, when you see him in pass coverage, you don't immediately know that the ball is going to the guy he's covering. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I I couldn't. I think I just texted you after the Sam Laporta touchdown, and I was like, I can't, like I I can't do it. 
Like, <laughs> why is Michael Hoyt out there? And he's a guy, he's a restricted free agent. I want him on the team and I want him to be a part of the rotation, but yes, they need, he needs to be a rotational guy. And I'd love if they use him as kind of a hybrid defensive lineman edge rusher. Uh, cause he's proven he can be capable at both. Um, but like, God, man, this man should never be stepping back into coverage again. Nope. And if they want to be all. a contender, they have to add a, th- a real, uh, another real threat there. I mean, he made, he made David Montgomery and Jamar Gibbs look like studs out there. I mean, to be fair, they are studs, but uh, made him even look more of a stud. It's Jameer Gibbs. That's what I'm sure. That one I'm sure of. And yeah, the I mean, the missed tackle on Monty. That that was the game right there, essentially. Yep. Uh, give me another one. I feel like we're gonna have very identical lists. Probably. Uh, I again another very obvious one. Uh, cornerback, please. Uh, a very competent cornerback. It, I I'd be okay with an understudy of of Jalen Ramsey, but for the love of God, please a cornerback. Yeah, I my item here is. Bring in a true cornerback one, whether it's through free agency, through a trade, or through the first round of the draft. I want a guy who, it doesn't have to be Jalen Ramsey, but a guy who, if he's at the top of your depth chart at cornerback, you can feel really good about the unit. If it's a rookie, I want it to be a high rookie. I don't want them to draft a guy in the third round and be like, oh, we did it. We have a cornerback. Like, you need to invest... And I think even more than edge rusher, like you need to invest in somebody here. Uh, I put out a poll on Twitter. I asked if people would rather have either Jalen Ramsey uh, or Byron Young and 25 million in cap space. And it was like 85% Byron Young or something like that, which is obviously kind of comical. 82.8% Byron Young on 122 votes. People voted in the poll. I think that's kind of crazy, but I'm not sure what the answer is. So, I Byron Young's what we have, and we need to use the cap space that we got from dumping Jalen Ramsey's contract. We need to make that money work for us. You, if they, if it's another Allen Robinson situation, then to me that trade is a disaster. Even if you bring in Byron Young, the whole point of that trade was to set up your cap for 2024. We set it up. Unfortunately, it looks like we just need to pay Jalen Ramsey's replacement. So, like, is the trade worth it? I don't know. But that cap space, to me, I'm going to be keeping an eye on it because that's the money that would have been paying Jalen Ramsey. That now I am very curious to see how they spend it. <laughs> I I mean, I, I do think that there is a, a few corners that the Rams could – uh, look at in the first round uh, even in the second round I think that they have a good shot at it but of course like you said I do prefer you know the top tier guys uh, hopefully there'll be you know a guy that falls to pick 19 which a officially the Rams have the 19th overall pick so um, it's not impossible to land one of those guys but uh, we'll we'll just have to see and again, we'll also have to see who they invest in in free agency. Um, yeah, a lot to process there. Yeah, 
I'd be fine with them even trading up uh, to get a cornerback because like it's the biggest need by far. But we need a guy who can be at the top of the depth chart because we we don't even know if we have a guy who can be second on the depth chart. I think a Cal Witherspoon is probably fine as your second cornerback. He took a beating against the Lions, uh, yes, but he's he overmatched in his current role. And I'd hope he's on the team next year because even if he's not the second guy, he's. I would feel great about him being the third guy, but I'd probably feel fine if he's the second guy. But it depends who's at the top. Um, give me another. Uh, locking in uh, Kevin Dotson to a long-term contract. Yeah, that's my whole list. I have re-signed Kevin Dotson, uh, and I'll caveat it that if they don't, he better get a comically large bag from somebody else so that we get a third-round compensatory pick because he's worth every penny, man. Uh, if, if, they, if he's not back, then you better put that fucking money to work, man. Like, he's the, he's the only priority free agent. Uh, we have some guys who are restricted that I think are important to bring back. Like, I think we've all kind of settled on Jordan Fuller not being on the team. He's the guy we need to keep, that, and we have the money to do it. Um, assuming he doesn't get like twenty million a year. Okay, so that was your four, correct? Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to hear what your fifth is. So I'm actually I, I purposely saved this for last because I was curious if you remembered, and I think you're gonna kind of kick yourself a little bit because you overlooked this, or maybe you didn't and just didn't think. It was as much of a priority as these other ones are. But for the love of God, can we get another inside linebacker? <laughs> I I mean, holy crap. How, how many years is it going to take before we get another inside linebacker? You know, as, as and you know what? Kudos to Ernest Jones because you know what? He, he may not be the best inside linebacker out there, but he does – he can't do it on his own. And while Quentin Lake sort of played that, you know, hybrid role every now and then, um, the, they relied on Christian Roseboom a lot, and he's, he's not a starter. He, he's just not. And no. it, it, it's very obvious. So – Please, I don't care if it's a veteran, and I'm not talking Troy Reader veteran. I mean anything, <sighs> something, draft pick, second round pick. I don't care. Something inside linebacker. Uh, so the reason this isn't on my list is like if they do the four things we laid out and punt on backup inside linebacker. I I'll be okay with the offseason. I obviously want them to bring in another inside linebacker who can play the game of football. Um, I think it's perfect spot in like the fourth or fifth round to bring in a guy at inside linebacker to help play with Jones. And Jones is a free agent in twenty five. Uh, I will say he's he's the first. Correct me if I'm missing somebody. He's the first Rams like rookie contract expiring defensive guy in a long time where I'm going to sit here and say they need to resign that dude. Like he needs to get, they can't lose him. 
Uh, I we probably said similar things about like Corey Littleton, but I feel a lot stronger today. Um, and even when Littleton signed that contract, we were upset about it, but it was more we were upset because we finally had a productive inside linebacker, and then he just left immediately. Uh, and they were correct to not resign oh, Corey Littleton. Games. Yeah, but were we like they have to resign Greg Gaines, or were we like I wish they would resign Greg Gaines? I, I guess it wasn't the end of the world that they didn't, but I really wanted Greg Gaines back. Yeah, me too. I wanted Sebastian Joseph Day back too. Um, but this is the most productive defensive player, you know, Kobe Turner aside, the most productive defensive player the Rams have drafted in a long time. Like a really long time. And I really want to keep him around. And I think it is important to get some help because if he suffered a long-term injury, it would have been fucked, dude. Like Christian Roseboom is bad. Uh, Troy, uh, we don't need to relitigate Troy Reader. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great wish to sign him. Um, but if we come back with the same unit and they re-sign Kevin Dotson, add a legit cornerback, add a legit edge rusher, and invest in the special teams, I, I will I will be able to live. Uh, yeah, that I I think this is a good tentative wish list. Mind you, this isn't the only thing that the Rams need. It's just the most glaring needs in our opinions. So I'm curious if there's anything else we might have missed. And before I start hearing about offensive tackle, no, there, there's just these these positions are far more important in my opinion. Yeah, and I think if if they address edge and cornerback in free agency and go tackle early in the draft, that's fine. But you have to address those other two positions first. Because I think, like, is Alaric Jackson a long-term answer at left tackle? Probably not. But I I think I said in a, a couple weeks ago that I'd be pretty upset if he comes back as a starting left tackle. And I, I'm going to walk that back. I, I, he's been he's been better. He's improved. Am I wrong for saying that? No, because he played like absolute shit the first. Uh, I would say the first half of the year, and then the second half of the year, he, you know, finally, you know, played relatively well, and and then you know towards the end of the season, he played really well. So no, it, it's not it's not weird to walk back on that because. Um, yeah, if you really look like how he looked at how he played early on, he did not look good. And, and it was one of the main reasons why you, you look back at earlier this season's why we lost some close games because Matthew Stafford was running for his life again. And, you know, he was making bad decisions again. That was part of the reason. Not all the reason, but part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it, I agree. And, yeah, they – if. The line got a lot better if if they hang on a second. If if they run back the same offensive line, I, I will be totally fine with it. Um but you gotta keep Kevin Dotson. Like and, dude, like 
we're paying Brian Allen $7.2 million next year. We're paying Joseph Noteboom twenty. Uh he's gonna get cut and we're gonna end up paying we're gonna end up saving like five million dollars and eating fifteen million dollars in dead cap. I mean he's getting cut, right? Unless they could find a team willing to trade for him. Yeah, I guess he I guess he could get traded. Um God, what's the it's the end of the pod. The people who are still with us, they can be patient with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you cut Joe Noteboom, you eat $15 million in dead cap, and you save $5 million. Would you rather have Joe Noteboom or $5 million in cap space? $5 million in cap space. Yeah, I think I agree. If you cut Brian Especially Allen... If you, could, if you could get like a seventh-round pick in... 2028 out of it too i say all the more better yeah i i think they probably could get a get a pick for him um like a late pick like that brian allen you cut him you eat three and a half 3.1 million in dead cap and you save almost five million again i mean he's he's gone see ya buddy yeah <laughs> like gee, what a but but i mean coleman is a free agent I think he's a restricted though, right? No, no, he's he's on the he's he's under contract this year. Oh, is he? I thought he was a free agent. He he's his deal is five million dollars. We could cut him, eat one million, and save four million. But he's he's done enough. I keep him. Yeah, I would keep him too keep in that case. Sure. I, I thought he was a free agent. You got to know. You got to know exactly what that money is being spent on if you cut him. Because you'd have to be upgrading, and I would rather just keep him. Yeah, no, next year he's a free agent. I didn't, I didn't realize he signed a two-year deal either. Yeah, he he did sign. I, for whatever reason, I I thought the two-year deal had already expired, but maybe I'm just living in the future. Would you rather have one point three million dollars in cap space or Hunter Long? <laughs> <laughs> that the this would be an easier question to answer if I knew what I had in Hunter Long because I have zero idea what I have. So I guess either one would be fine for me because it's not like an exorbitant amount of money. But at the same time, <laughs> I feel like, bad for the guy, moving. man. I feel bad poking fun at him. I I hope he can have a healthy season. Do I ever? Do I think he'll ever be good? Like probably not. But he's he's never he just never really had a chance. No, no, he, he never has, and that's why it, I I know the funny option would to be say keep the one point three million dollars, but at the same time it's like, what if you have actual potential there? And the truth is, we'll never know. Yeah, no, they're they're not cutting him. It's. Gonna, it's gonna be a really interesting and important and pivotal offseason for this franchise. We're gonna talk a lot about it in the coming weeks. Um, you know, we mentioned a lot in this off last offseason and years past, like that championship window can slam shot on you. And luckily, you know, we kept a finger in the window and we're able to push it back open miraculously. 
this year. But Matthew Stafford's old. Aaron Donald's old. Cooper Cup might already be too old. Uh, you know, it, it closes quick. And to have Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams and Kobe Turner and Byron Young and Steve Avila on these cheap contracts, you got to play smartly this offseason. You can't fuck around and draft Stetson Bevin in the fourth round again. Every move you make has to be smart and get you closer to a championship team because this is, you know, if you can go all in on a rookie quarterback, you do it. If that's not an option, like now, when you stumble into a gold mine of a draft class plus the Kyron Williams breakout like we have, you got to make that money work and you got to make those draft picks work. And I can't wait to see what they do. Um, and I hope that we do great and we make a bunch of moves we like and we finish with 13 wins last next year and win the division and see what happens from there. But we got to make some things happen before we get to that point. Johnny, I could feel it. You knew that was my end of the podcast rant. So <laughs> we'll close up shop here. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny five, not six at talk Rams. Uh, if there's shit you want to hear us talk about this off season, we got like nine months before the Rams are back. Let us know, tweet at us. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys soon. That sounds so depressing. <sighs> yeah. Yes, it is. All right. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.